it's something you can just kind of get in the habit of doing. And what it just keeps doing is teaching your kids of someone sees my emotions and they're okay. There are limits on how we act and behave with those punching each other, screaming at each other, you Mm -hmm. know, saying those kinds of things. And then that, that target is we've got to figure out what else can our kids be doing to help cope in a good way, you know, Mm. come get a hug. It's okay to cry in your room, journal, let's pray, let's go for a walk, all the other kinds of things. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, business owner, community leader, activist, author, speaker, or just someone who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but with their career. My goal with this show is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do, no matter what your gifts are, you can use them to make an impact in the world. My guest this week is Tara Matson. She is a Christian parenting spokesperson, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a licensed professional counselor and executive coach with over 20 years of experience. Alongside her husband, Jeff, Tara co-hosts the Dear Matson's Parenting Advice Column and the Living Wholehearted Podcast. They are also co-founders of Living Wholehearted, a professional counseling and organizational development firm near Portland, Oregon, and Courageous Girls, a global movement with group curriculum created to encourage and equip moms of daughters within the context of small communities. Together, they co-wrote a book called Shrinking the Integrity Gap, And Tara is also the author of Courageous, Being Daughters Rooted in Grace. Most recently, she has partnered with Christian Parenting to create a resource for moms called Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters. I'm so excited about this episode. We had just a phenomenal conversation. And honestly, it was such a great kind of follow up to the conversation that I had last week with David Ashcraft and Dr. Rob Skasel. And we talk a lot about this idea of shrinking the integrity gap and making our words match our actions. But then we also dig deep and we had a really deep conversation about parenting. And I am going to just be right you know, honest and upfront, I get kind of vulnerable about my parenting concerns and just feelings of inadequacy in parenting. And let me just say that if you are not a parent, don't click away from this conversation because chances are you probably have a young person in your life that you have some influence over, whether you're an uncle or an aunt, or you maybe, you know, maybe work in schools or, you know, you have a, a goddaughter or godson, whatever it is. Uh, there's probably a child in your life that you have some influence over. And so this conversation, we really dive deep into how do we raise and, and lead confident children, especially confident daughters in a world that is sending them so many different messages. Oh, this is so, 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 so good. You are going to absolutely love this conversation. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Tara Matson. I'm so excited to have my friend uh, Tara Matson on the show. And we were just talking about the fact that so she's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. And when we are recording this, she it's 6am her time. And the fact that she is here with us at this early hour is just a, a blessing. So welcome, Tara. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. I was telling you, Molly, our audience, that um, if I make any blunders, 
let's just chalk it up to 6 a.m. Everyone just remember, okay. I've not been up that long. It's so. totally fine. It's totally fine. Well, I'm so excited about this. And this is a topic that you know, in over 300 episodes, I don't really think we've talked about it. And as a, a parent, as a mom, and especially as a mom uh, to a, a daughter, we need all the help we can get. And I want to also on the front end say, if you are not a parent, don't check out. Don't think that this might not apply to you because the reality is, is you have influence over, you know, other people's kids in your life. Or if you're an aunt or, you know, maybe you're a, a caregiver or maybe you're a teacher. One of the really fascinating statistics I, I read recently was how, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, a child's spiritual development, one of the most influential aspects is when a, an adult that is not their parent is active in their life and in their spiritual journey and how important that is. And so um, I think this is really a conversation that is going to be applicable to so many people who have influence over the lives of kids and, and of young girls. Um, so I'm really excited to dive in. But before we do that, we got to get to know you, Tara. So give us the Tara 101. So who you oh. are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Wonderful. Well, it's so good to be with you, Molly. And um, I just I love you from afar over here on the West Coast as I watch you on Instagram and we all laugh and learn from you. And um, <laughs> we, we met through Christian Parenting. So it's so good to be with you. Yeah. Um, here's here's the deal. I wear a lot of hats like most of your audience. We all have a lot of hats. So when I go to describe who I am and what I do, people get overwhelmed and are like, wow, she does a lot. But remember, I'm not doing it all at the same time. Yes. Um, so I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor. I've been doing that for close to 17 years. And part of that, I was actually on staff at a large church overseeing all their wholeness ministries. And so the integration of our faith and uh, the clinical research that I've learned over the years, trauma-informed, infused um, counseling um, has been a passion of mine of integration. And uh, my clients over the years mostly have been leaders, mm -hmm. leaders who are CEOs and on boards and running nonprofits and the presidents and the pastors um, in our communities and their families, their marriages, their kids. And so that's where we developed something called Living Wholehearted, where we really focused in on organizational leadership development and mental health, um, having professional counselors to come in. And so we love helping leaders shrink the gap between how we actually live and what we preach. Mm. And my personal passion is helping moms do that in the home. Uh, and particularly because, you know, we define leaders as if you have a following, you are a leader and those kids are following us. Yeah. And so how we lead really matters. So I'm a mom of two girls and Jeff and I've been married about 21 years this month. We've been together 25 and he's my partner in crime. We do everything together. We run two businesses together and it's been a blast. I think that is absolutely fantastic. And I'm curious, what led you to this as a career path? Where did this passion and drive originate from? Yeah, you know, I've always been a relational person. I love people. And I was the one, you know, and some of people can relate, you know, when you're on an airplane and then the person next to you like tells you their whole story. <laughs> you know, all I did was ask Same. one question. Same. So that's me. Yeah, yeah. And then I get people saying, you know, Tara, you should be a counselor. And I had no clue what that was because in my family of origin, um, counseling was for those people that I don't know what those people were, but, you know, we did not, not do that. So I had no frame of it. And then when I went to Seattle Pacific University, 
I sat under lesson, Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott, who are big marriage gurus. If you haven't read any of their books, they've written 40 plus marriage books and are some of our experts in the field. And I thought, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to help people in their marriages. And I was so fascinated by relationship stuff. And the uh, truth is I wanted to quit grad school at every single semester because counseling is, uh, I was called to the church. I was called to ministry and um, I couldn't get my mind wrapped around it, but in God's cleverness, he's woven together this beautiful tapestry where I get to still be me and I get to work with leaders, which is also something I'm passionate about is healthy leadership. And I'm doing ministry uh, wherever I'm at. And that's true of all of us, really. I kind of just had to reframe my my worldview. So counseling became an incredible place of discipleship where I would get to go to the deepest places with people and help kind of, again, integrate from our mind, body, heart, and soul, where a lot of us live fragmented. And uh, so that's what we're doing today. We're writing, we're podcasting, we're speaking, we're training up and integrating all the things that God's been teaching me over the years. I love what you said about shrinking the gap between, and I I might be misquoting exactly, but shrinking the gap between uh, how we actually live our lives and what we preach. And if that is not just a like, like a a zinga for for today, um, I don't know what is because as we, it's just, I feel like we are inundated. Yeah lately with uh, stories of, you know, leaders, both inside the church, outside the church, uh, you know, celebrities, all the things. And between, um, you know, I don't know if it's just the climate that we live in, in, in our culture. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's a combination of all of the things. But, um, you know, there's that verse in, uh, is it James, uh, where it's like, you know, basically no secret is going to go like without being uncovered. And so there's so many things that are, um, and I forgive me if I'm completely misquoting which part of the Bible it's, it's from, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just like that there's secrets can't stay secrets for long and that there's so many things that are, are coming out about people that you go, oh my gosh, but that person said X, Y, and Z for, for all these years. And then now all of a sudden you know, we're finding out that that was just words, that there was no truth behind that. And oh, man, that's hard for us. And so um, I'm curious for you as a counselor and, and as somebody who is working with leaders, where is that stemming from? What do you think is is the root issue that we're dealing with there? I'm glad you asked the question. We actually wrote the book, Shrinking the Integrity Gap. Um, Jeff and I together, and we explain that we think that there is a core issue with leaders not doing their work mm. um, and knowing our own stories and our own humanity. And in our 20 years of, of research and working with leaders, we found that most high capacity leaders have some form of trauma. And those of us with unresolved trauma end up leaking in really funky ways. And so we uncovered the 10 most common um, symptoms of those integrity gaps for us leaders. And we just believe it's a noble pursuit. None of us are perfect, but God wants a contrite and and a humble heart. And so many of us leaders think the past is in the past Mm. because our performance or um, our charisma can outrun our character. And that's what's happened in our culture is we definitely look at the charisma first and we've got to flip that, but it starts with us personally. And so Jeff and I both, most wouldn't know our stories or believe our stories if we tell it, but we don't share it so publicly all the time because it's not 
it involves other people, right? But most of us have something. I mean, a divorce is traumatic and people just minimize that now. Um, You know, the moving all over, people who grow up in the military, there's, there's parts of trauma that impact the brain feeling lonely, bullied, all these things, people need to process and understand how it's impacted and shaped their leadership today. Because then we end up trying to use our leadership and our parenting to meet our needs instead of learning to get those needs met in healthy ways with God and in healthy community Mm -hmm. and doing the work we need to do to understand. And then we can serve and give out of an overflow rather than trying to take So when we see these big headlines, it's a slow and steady drip over time of people just, again, trying to feed those wounds. And um, Lecrae is a great book. He he talks about that and how he learned the hard way, you know, and, and recognizing that that trauma catches up to you. And the second piece is a lot of us, uh, particularly high capacity leaders, there's an addiction to the adrenaline of intensity. Mm -hmm. So even those of us all running businesses and doing all kinds of great things in the world for God, God's saying, well, that's only a piece of it. I'd actually love relationship with you and the relationship between those you love is really most important at the end of the day. And those of us with some baggage that we're carrying and unresolved, that's driving us to a fast pace and an intensity. It's actually part of the neuroscience. And we've got to do some work on that so we can learn how to be still and know that he is God. But the sixth time, um, yeah. it's like a rubber band. You know, you got to stretch it out for a while before it actually loses its elasticity because a lot of our baggage from our past ends up, you know, tightening back up again like a rubber band. Oh, man. When we try to have our charisma outrun our character. Oh, man. Tara, you didn't know you're going to be preaching at 6 a.m., <laughs> did you? Did you? Um, yeah, that is so that's so good. And this is man, I tell you, God is so funny with the way that he aligns uh, guests on this show, because I just last week, I mean, the episode that airs right before you is um, an episode uh, with an interview uh, that I did with uh, David Ashcraft um, and um, Dr. Rob Scassel. And they just wrote a book called What Was I Thinking? And it's um, a look, David Ashcraft is a, a pastor of a large church in Pennsylvania. And basically the two of them, um, and and Rob is a, a business psychologist, and they they look at this issue of why do high capacity leaders, why why do, do people in general make poor decisions when it comes to you know, risk-based decisions or or when a, a leader has a giant moral failure, like where, and so it's really interesting to kind of, when we talked about this issue uh, from, from the perspective of, uh, you know, how we make risk-based decisions and how we look at those things from both a biblical and then an actual like psychological aspect to then also then piggyback off of that to have you talking about these things that are really just connected to our unresolved. I mean, it's like the the perfect pairing to that part of the conversation is just fascinating the way that God aligns stuff like that. Um, so I just I think it's fascinating. I definitely want to read that uh, book, Shrinking the Integrity Gap. Um, but this actually, I want to transition a little bit to um, some of the work that and how you've you've taken what you've done in your professional life, and now really I think it's the perfect pairing to then helping to equip leaders in the home. And when I say that, I say that very intentionally because so often, especially moms, oh man, moms are the hardest on themselves. Um, but moms will often say, well, I'm, I'm not a leader. 
I'm not a leader. Like I'm not, I'm a nobody. And I just, I'm just a stay at home mom. If I hear one more mom say I'm just a stay at home mom, I'm just going to be like, no, no, I'm going to give you shaken mom syndrome. I'm just going to shake you out and just be like, come on. <laughs> no, you're not just a stay at home mom. Um, because we know that, I mean, you are leading your children and, um, you know, whether you're a single mom or, or, or you're married and um, you and your husband are leading your children together. I mean, it's just it. Parenting is hard. And so talk about what where this particular passion piece and passion point came from and the resources that you've developed to equip parents and and moms especially in this area so that you know maybe the next generation doesn't grow up with as much unresolved trauma as some of the other generations you know what i mean amen sister cuz that that's exactly my heart Seriously. i'm like I'm waiting for a generation down the road where where there's women who know they are loved and they actually know how to love others well yeah. and so I'm such a systemic thinker. So those in, in the audience listening are, who are systemic thinkers will be like, I totally get her, all these connections. And others who are think more linearly are going to go, how does she connect those dots? I don't understand, but bear with me. I have two, two sides of the coin of what happened. I was holding my girls. I'm a counselor at the time. I'm dealing with sex trafficked girls. I'm dealing with nonprofit leaders who are trying to help the sex trafficked girls. I'm uh, dealing with, you know, pastor's wives who are feeling the the weight of 30 years of ministry and reflecting on their childhood and recognizing the sexual abuse in their life and the emotional neglect. Mm. And, and uh, the Bible study leader is coming in and says, I don't like my husband. Um, he's looking at porn. Okay. So that's my counseling practice. Oof, and yeah. I'm holding my girls and my baby, my first girl, Adonaya, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like the even those of us that love Jesus are struggling with such hard things. And it's a scary world. Portland yeah. at the time was the third largest in sex trafficking in the mm. nation. And I'm outside of Portland, Oregon. And so all of these things recognizing, oh, and I had just come out of church ministry where I was, I was not exactly honored as a woman in that mm. ministry. I was with a bunch of men. I was one of the females on this team and just a lot of dynamics there being female. And I just thought, Lord, I want to give my girls what I'm trying to give my clients. I, I don't want to be that person that I've sat with again and again, who wishes they gave their kids what they gave everybody else in the world. And so I made I told the Lord, I said, I just want to walk with my girls in a way that helps them to get on an experiential level what I want to hand them about you and about who they are. And this idea came up called Courageous Girls um, of what if I could walk with them with a group of other moms and daughters and we intentionally talk about the issues with where they're at. So in second grade, we're talking about smaller things, you know, how to be a friend on the playground. Yeah. And we're already starting to talk about our bodies and maybe preparing a little bit. Um, you know, so many women never had anybody talk with them about sexuality, their changing body, um, friendships. Oh my goodness. Even the most popular, the most loved woman is so lonely. And I'm like, there is a problem here. Yes. Amen. So this, yeah. So I just, in my way, I'm like, here's the problem, Lord, what can we do about it? And, um, I started with my own little girls and here my, they're now teenagers, 15 and 13. And so over the years I spent every month wrote curriculum of bringing this clinical understanding of what they need experientially. And I wanted moms to be the coach for them. We're mm. the number one mentor of women in our children's, our girls' lives, particularly. We're teaching our boys 
about women. We're teaching our girls about women and how we relate to the world around us, how we relate to other women, how we relate to men, um, how we understand our own bodies and value our voice. Um, And we have two extremes in the world. One of us that says, you know, I shouldn't talk. I feel powerless. And we shut down our voice. Mm. And those of us are like, I am woman, hear me roar, get out of the way. And both of those are coming from places of pain in our story. And so I wanted to create something for my own girls. Well, now it's turned out to be a global movement and there's groups scattering all over the world with curriculum. And recently Christian parenting said, Hey, we would love to up the game a little bit. And so we created videos where I coach the mom and give her feedback about where your daughter is in this stage of life and what she's needing from you and their bite sizes. And then I give her a, a conversation guide where she gets to have this conversation and be the leader for her daughter. So I'm not the one, right? She gets to be the one. And she's teaching her daughter about who she is and delighting in her and helping her discover who God made her to be and who God is and what's happening in her body as it's changing and how to navigate the the mean girl stuff and um, boys, all the things we're worried about as moms to do it in bite-sized places. Mm. And I just am so grateful because by God's grace, He uses our loaves and fishes and he multiplies it. And that's how I felt. Everything that I've just said is mostly come out of my own story of like, I want to make sure my girls are going to be okay. Um, And look what he did. He's helping other moms and daughters with it. And that's so fun. I'm so grateful. Oh, man. I want to say right now, as a mom to a daughter who is, you know, who's a rising third grader, second grade was like, I mean, and I don't know if, if, if it's because she was you know, on virtual school for the entirety of first grade. So the entirety of first grade was virtual, which was yeah. an absolute nightmare, you know, and then the last quarter of her kindergarten year was virtual. And that was like, especially when we were all fumbling around and being like, I don't know what's happening. And so this is her first year. Second grade was her first year in school physically the entire year. And even then it wasn't a fully normal year because parents weren't allowed in the classroom and, you know, they're, they're wearing masks and they're limited on the playground and their lunch is 15 minutes. I mean, there's just nothing normal about any of this is like, and, you know, so she's so many of these kids and I'm seeing it, you know, just in the second grade, second graders in general, because I feel like they're in almost a very, like a very unique place. And, And also probably first graders since their kindergarten year was entirely virtual. But you have these kids who are um, who've been home for all these for all this time, and now they're back in school and they're trying to adjust. And they're also like learning skills that they would have learned in kindergarten and first grade, as far as navigating friendships and and playground dynamics and all of those things. But they're bigger. <laughs> so you have like eight, nine year olds who are trying to learn what like six and seven year olds were learning. Right. And it's, uh, it was, it was challenging. And especially, I mean, like my kids were at a new school because we'd moved. And so there were all these different things. And I know that my challenge as a mom is to, I struggle sometimes with being empathetic towards my my kids and towards my daughter specifically in certain areas. Um, and I, it's weird because I am an empathetic person, but I struggle with empathy towards my own children in some areas. And I'm like, why is that? 
why is that? And what I'm just like, oh, you're fine. You know, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, no, that's not what you're supposed to say here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, or just like when, you know, they when she comes home and unloads all of the bus drama. And I'm just like, why are we spending our time worrying about this? Like, I don't. And I'm set, but I'm like, in her mind, I realize that this is a really big deal. So I need to sit here and I need to listen to it. But then I'm like, oh, totally. yeah. oh, anyway, but all of that to say is that this is a resource that I know I need. And so I, I, I said all that, like, here, let me just have a personal therapy. Yeah, let's have a session. Let's here. just have a session here. Actually, you're going to do one for me too. Because I will say that is, that's my, you and I are two peas in a pod, Molly, because there's, that's my thing. Jeff always says, do I have to pay you to get your empathy? <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, but I that's know. that integrity gap for me. And I know where it comes from for me. I was raised by a dad who, um, for, cause of his story, emotions were not a safe thing. Mm. And so he taught me to be tough. So we didn't cry. And I had good days. Like I didn't have a reason to complain because there's kids starving around the world. And can you hear a lot of parents do that? We minimize our children's little world because we want them to be grateful or we want them to have a toughness. And so I grew up with a mental toughness, but I had no clue how to operate as a human with my normal emotions. Like if Mm. I was just disappointed or I felt angry or sad, I didn't know what to do with those. And not to scare you, Molly, or to scare the audience, but I'll say fast forward, that turned into an eating disorder for me. Mm. A lot of people think it's about your body and it's about control. But for me, bulimia, it was about not knowing what to do with these big emotions. And fast forward, I found out I'm actually a high feeler. I'm super empathetic. I feel things before I even know what they are. Mm. And that has been something that God gifted me with. And I just didn't, I had parents who didn't know how to shepherd that. So that is part of the passion Mm. that I see with adults that are in my office and children in my office is we're learning how to regulate our emotions, to care for them. God is an emotional God. Have you ever looked at the scriptures and are like, oh my gosh, he gets jealous. He gets mad. He's so passionate in so many spectrums. And so that little example right there is so real because I'm in the same boat. And that's part of why I had to write something to hold me accountable to say, hey, I better have these intentional conversations with my girls once a month, and then we'll practice for that month. And it holds me accountable because, oh, yeah, we did talk about big emotions and that they're okay. And um, here's what we do in those moments. So as I'm coaching moms to say, hey, what's your diet? What's your dialogue about emotions? What's your story about emotions? What happens when you feel? What do you do with those? And It's the feelings are the okay because they're God designed, but it's what we do with them. And we have healthy coping and we have unhealthy coping. And so that's a lot of what we're doing as parents is teaching our kids when they feel sad. Are they supposed to be the, you know, you don't want your kids to be the victim and be like, we want to be like, get up, keep going. Yeah. It's a big world. God's a big God. And yet we cannot give away what we have not received. Mm. And so our children need practice being empathized with and Mm. experiencing them. That was a hard day. Wow. And ironically, when they get empathy from us as parents, it actually shifts their emotions and it doesn't get stuck and they move on, which is what we wanted in the first place. I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Tara to thank our partner of the show. And that is Mama Suds. You guys know how much I love Mama Suds and how I am just such a big fan of their products. I've used their products in our home for years, years and years. I've had Michelle Smith, the head mama at Mama Suds. She's been on the podcast and 
I love everything that they make, everything from their all-purpose household cleaner to their Castile soap to the laundry soap to the toilet bombs. You name it, Mama Suds has a truly safe and effective product to help you clean it. We have personally, again, used them ourselves. I love them so much. Head on over to mamasuds.com. Use the code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now back to my conversation with Tara Matson. Okay, so I'm back to get real vulnerable here. Okay, so I need everyone listening to just not judge. Okay, so maybe that there's somebody else listening who's like, oh, okay, maybe I'm normal. And then, or maybe I am actually abnormal and all of you are about to be like, I, you should not, you need to just like give somebody else the parenting job. One of the things that I really struggle with, because my, my children are so different. Um, and I realize everybody's children, but like very different. Um, and my, my six-year-old son is just tough as nails and just would. So for example, like when he was, he had the flu, um, a few months ago and, he just would not have him remotely like I would not have known that he had the flu without the fact that he just seemed a little extra tired. And then I go and I take his temperature. It's like a raging fever. He's got a ra- and he's just like, I'm fine. Like my six year old son is like, I'm going to go outside and play and get some vitamin D. And I'm like, son, no, like, no. And then he just, I remember he came back in the house, immediately vomited. And he just goes, yeah, I'm fine. Like he just is the kind of kid who's not going to let you know he's sick. He's really just tough as nails, but he's very sensitive. And so if he does get in trouble, like he's the kind of kid who just immediately starts crying. And so like, it's this balance. Meanwhile, you know, my daughter, she's the just she's funny, she's hilarious, and she has big feelings. And but she's the kind of kid who like, barely bumps into a wall. And it's just like, Oh, like it's it's, you know, it is the end of the world. (laughs) And um, if she gets in trouble, somehow, she is the victim in this like it just so I really struggle with how to yes, like, discuss those feelings and say, you know, those fe- your feelings are valid while also like not enabling a victim mentality or like an overdramatic mentality of like, how do we have a, 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 a reaction? Because we've actually had conversations about almost like a boyhood cried wolf sort of scenario where I'm like, yeah, honey, when you, when you, you know, tell me X, Y, and Z, and it's not actually true, then it makes it harder for me to believe when we when ABC happens. And so we have those conversations. But it's like this, it's this constant struggle with my own emotions and my own reaction to sometimes I I go to default if my if something happens with my daughter, where I'm just like, dismissive of it, or I get frustrated, and I might snap at her. And I will tell you, as somebody who does not struggle with anger, I am not an angry person. I'm not a yeller. My husband and I in, you know, 12 years together have never had a like a fight fight. Like we just don't. That's just not that's not me. It wasn't until I became a parent where I was like, oh, that's where yelling is like, (laughs) oh, that's where it lived. I have a way about them. That is (laughs) that is where it lived is like, you know, you do the okay. it's time to put on your shoes. It's time to put on your shoes. And then five minutes later, put on your shoes like and then they're like, why are you yelling at me? And, you know, anyway, so I say all of that to if there's somebody like me who 
really struggles with that of this, how do we communicate and validate our child's emotions without also enabling unhealthy behaviors? That is a balance that I feel like feels impossible to strike. Mm. I'm so glad you were vulnerable. Thank you for sharing so, that because nine out of 10 parents out there are like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then the one parent in denial and is like, I'm all together. And we're just, we'll pray for you. Um, but <laughs> the, the, the rest of us here, here's a quick tip. So you don't have to go to all these resources, but my favorite tip that I've used from day one is a play therapy tip from Gary Landreth, um, who's in Texas and he's, I think he's almost 90 now, but um, it's the ACT model. And for someone like you and I who have a hard time, we're tough. We're like, we want to raise kids who are resilient. Yeah. Well, resiliency also comes through knowing how to, how to move through your emotions well and not skip over them. And then you've got the two sides, the one who's, you know, toughens up and stuffs it. And the other one who's maybe a little more dramatic and exaggerates and God's going to use that in both of them. I'm excited to yes. see what happens. <laughs> yes, amen. He uses that for his glory. But in parenting, use the ACT model. A is acknowledge the emotions. C, communicate the limit. And T, target an alternative. And I use this everywhere. I use this in my business. You can use it with adults. You can use it in friendships. Um, but it's, uh, oh, honey, I, I hear that you are hurting. That hurt. So it's this compassionate response initially, communicate the limit of something to the, if we're talking about, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, say, you know what? I, I want your yes to be yes. So if this really hurts, I'm here to hold you. But if not, then let's take a deep breath and let's keep going. You know, it's this, it's a self t- kind of articulating some kind of a limit, you know, with the, the little one who's throwing a fit and throwing something across the floor. I know you're angry, but we don't throw things. So you see the kind of combination mm-hmm. and then you target the alternative and then you're going to teach your kids something different. So for the one who's maybe more dramatic, this is going to be, you're going to be doing this over and over with your daughter, her whole life, yeah. your yeah. high school is what else can she do? And use your words, just say, ouch, that hurt. And come get a hug. Mom, can I get a hug? Rather than having to cry it all out. Or for the little one who threw the ball, you don't have, you don't have to throw, we don't throw things. But instead, you know, you can maybe stomp your feet and say, I'm mad. So we're teaching our kids what are healthy ways to deal with our mm-hmm. emotions. We're not ignoring the emotion and we're not saying, come on, get your stuff together. And until you're together, then I'll be with you or like you, which is an not no parent says that overtly. But when we say go to your room and calm down, right, that's such a it communicates something to your child that says, I'm too much. And until I can get this under wraps. You know, mm. so it's this, you're hurting, you're sad, you're angry, you're disappointed. And we're trying to help our kids understand what the heck they're feeling inside. Yeah. And our own emotions, you know, if you're a human parent, your own stuff's coming up. So you yeah. would say, I'm angry. And I will, I think that's a beautiful thing when we can teach our kids that we're human too. And I will say sometimes to my girls, if we're both out of whack, right? It's that time of the month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And all three of us are not in the right place. Poor, poor Jeff. <laughs> poor Jeff, he goes fishing. Um, <laughs> so, but that sense of like, you know what, mom, I'm not in my best place right now. You're You're feeling anxious right now. It's not okay for us to talk to each other. I'm communicating the limit like this. 
let's go, both of us have some time by ourselves and let's try this again later. So you see how it's, it's something you can just kind of get in the habit of doing. And what it just keeps doing is teaching your kids of someone sees my emotions and they're okay. There are limits on how we act and behave with those punching each other, screaming at each other, you Mm -hmm. know, saying those kinds of things. And then that, that target is we've got to figure out what else can our kids be doing to help cope in a good way, you know, Mm. come get a hug. It's okay to cry in your room journal. Let's pray. Let's go for a walk, all the other kinds of things. Yeah. Um, Oh man, that's so helpful. And I will say that one thing that I have gotten, I could definitely do better. We can always improve in any area, but one thing I have definitely learned is asking my own kids for forgiveness is when I mess up and I snap. And um, there've definitely been times where I have just been absolutely at my wits end. And I've just, you know, had a long day or I've had, you know, I'm stressed out about something or I'm just emotional or whatever it is. I mean, I'm having my own issues. And then my kids come in and just happen to push the wrong button and mama loses her, you know what? And I just immediately in that moment go, oh, I should not have done that. And then I just look at them and I go, I'm really sorry. I should not have spoken to you that way. And will you forgive me? Um, and I acknowledge it in that moment. Or if, or if I say something I shouldn't have is in that moment going, oh, mommy messed up real bad on that one. And, um, and my kids, of course, are always like so quick to forgive. Um, but that, that I have been really intentional about. But I love what you said is just about like redirecting and acknowledging their feeling and then just being like, but this is maybe not the way that we should handle this particular thing. And um, yeah, my, my son is definitely the one who often has like an impulse. And so he'll like have a thing and like he will just go up and like punch his sister. And I'm just like, that's not like, we don't do that. Like, like, let's not punch our sister. And then she'll retaliate and like kick him. And I'm just like, how is this solving? Like anything that is so true. One of the things, Molly, that you're kind of touching on, that's another layer of what has driven me towards these mom, daughter, courageous girls and raising confident girls is this performance-based Christianity that we see, it goes mm. along with the leaders as well that keep falling. There's this performance, like we've got to perform for God. We got to be good girls. We got to be, you know, men of integrity. And we have all these high standards. And in the home, it starts with our little kids. And so I started thinking, like, how can I help my girls know God's grace? And what you said right there is, is that is they got to see my own humanity and when I messed up, own it and and how we repair. And that though mom, because kids see us as like these spiritual giants or even just, or maybe they don't, they see all our flaws, right? Too. Yeah. <laughs> they see us up close and they're like, yeah, you say this mommy at church when we're talking to everyone, but then, you know, you're doing this at home and they, they see that and it's mm. confusing for kids, especially if you're trying to raise them in the way of the Lord. And so ownership is a beautiful way of modeling that. And it brings grace back in the home right away. The thing that's hard is if we keep saying sorry for the same thing, yeah. you know, I kept taking my daughter's shoes. Okay. I sound like a, <laughs> okay. but when you let your girls get to be teenagers, your, your wardrobe expands. Yeah. And, um, I realized in a moment when my daughter came to me in tears and was frustrated with me, mom, quit wearing my shoes. And I was like, uh, who bought them? That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like really they're mine in the big scheme of things. Yeah. And it, 
said, the Holy Spirit quickened me and said, what are you teaching? What do you want to teach your daughter in terms of boundaries, her voice, respecting, honoring, like what do healthy relationships do? They respect one another's boundaries. So thank you, Jesus, for helping me in that moment. And I just said, I have been crossing your boundary. I haven't asked permission. Mm. You know, I sound like a little kid, but honestly, I just wanted to wear the shoes and she wasn't available. So, (laughs) and I had to ask forgiveness. I crossed the line. Will you forgive me? And now going forward, every time my temptation is just to grab them and she's not around to ask, I have to remember what I do after matters almost more than that apology. And so I'm trying to hold the line of, I asked forgiveness and now I need to match it. Um, Mm. And so it's a growing edge, you know, for me, but that, that, that temptation to just keep dismissing or apologizing all the time. And, and so it's the both ends. And I love that about our walk with our kids and in our walk with God, Um, we mess up and we can make it right. That's the most amazing part about our walk with Jesus is that there's always, we can always make it right. And he forgives and we can do that with one another. And then also the other part is he's helping us to grow and to listen to his still small voice when he's kind of checking us and slowing us down to don't, to not react. And that's part of doing our own work and doing, you know, helping as moms and dads to be, do I know what my own woundings are and what my temptations are? Um, Or am I just flying by the seat of my pants, hoping that it all works out? Um, Oh, man. This is so convicting for me because it's just, yeah, this is uh, this is an area that I and I I really believe all parents, um, caregivers struggle with this and just and and understanding and knowing that our kids are listening and our kids are paying attention to the little details and um, you know and especially like my daughter is so smart she's really observant and shockingly or I don't know if shockingly is the right word but just like amazingly very spiritually mature um, mm. and has always been very spiritually mature since a very young age. And I remember, um, I mean, she was probably two or three and was on her own asking to memorize scripture. Like it just, she had a very uh, intense yearning and like hunger to learn the Bible at a very young age. And so here she is now at eight and uh, she was baptized on Easter this year. And I remember like my husband and I had been hesitant because she'd been asking to be baptized for about two years, but we were really hesitant. We were just like, no, uh, I don't, you know, not until you have a full grasp and like understanding of of what baptism is and what it symbolizes and all this kind of stuff. And then we were um, actually having our church services here at our farm. And uh, for Easter, and we were going to have baptisms. And Lily was like, I really want to get baptized. Like, please, I want to get baptized. And we finally sat down. And we said, okay, like, let's talk about this. Like, what what is it? And we asked her, you know, what is baptism? Why do you want to be baptized? And, and like, her answers were just really mature. And then we were like, okay, you now have to have a quiz and like uh, do this with our pastor. So we made her FaceTime our pastor and like answer a bunch of questions. And he even was like, she has a more mature answer than I think most adults do. And we realized in that moment, like we are actually the ones standing in her way um, of baptism. And we're the ones that might be standing in the way of like her spiritual growth. And, you know, and so with that, like, I know that she's a kid who 
who remembers little details. She pays attention to little things. She will recall things that I'm just like, how did, how do you know that? How do you remember that? And so, but then she also is eight. And so there's this balance of like this very mature, spiritually mature kid who's also eight. And so, and has other eight-year-old immaturities that she's trying to like navigate. And then I'm over here like, I don't know. I'm not equipped to deal with this. (laughs) So man, it's so challenging. And so I'm just, I, I say all of that because I think that the resources that you're putting out there and um and and equipping moms especially to on how to deal with that how to handle that and how to be in community with other moms so that we can like you said raise a generation of courageous and confident girls who know who they are because you know and we could have like a whole another podcast episode about this is the world is confusing them and the world and 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 messaging in social media and the media and magazines and we could name a million things is confusing our girls about what where their identity should be what their um where their hope should be found and and all these things and it's it is a battle like i mean like we're in a it's i don't want to over dramatize it but it, it feels often like we're in a battle yeah It's so good that you just brought up the spiritual side and the eight-year-old. And that's what I'm trying to help us. How do we speak to both of those? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we need one to the other. And the messages are so confusing. So confusing. So confusing. So confusing. And we've, you know, we've tried to as best we can as parents at home, you know, to have conversations with our daughter about just um, one of the things I remember my husband sat down and actually had this conversation with our kids before they went to school this year was um, we talked talked to them about skepticism. And it was just like this idea of being skeptical just in general about like, don't believe literally everything you hear. And and I said, even mom and dad, like everything we tell you, don't just like sit here and just take it as, you know, like teaching them to how to equip them to, uh, they hear something and go, is that true? Or what, like, what is true and how to, how to go to God's word and find like, what God says about something or, or just in general, like, you know, I mean, I remember like it was a, something silly, like where my daughter came home one day and she goes, mom, my friend gets stung by a bee every day. <laughs> and I said, are you sure about that? Like, I don't think that that's true. And she goes, well, she told me she did. And I said, okay. So that I can pretty much guarantee is not true uh, because like your dad's a beekeeper and yes, he gets stung by bees, but he does not get stung every day. Like, <laughs> so I don't think your friend is going outside and intentionally or unintentionally getting stung by a bee every day. And so I realized that's a very simple example, but I was just like, this is a great place to maybe be a little skeptical. <laughs> I love it. Maybe it's not true. <laughs> 
<laughs> this may be. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's not true. Okay. So, uh, man, we are like almost running out of time, but I want you to tell us a little bit more about the the courses and the resources that you have put out there because, and, and just in general, because even the beginning of our conversation and kind of that shrinking the integrity gap, I think will relate to so many people. But additionally, this uh, this resource specifically for um, parents or caregivers of young girls. Talk to us about the resources that you have out there and, and what's available and, and what your your hope is for people. Yeah. And this these resources are helping us as moms shrink our gap between mm-hmm. what we really are preaching connected. to our daughters and how we're actually living. And so we're taking an intentional uh, time once a month to pursue our daughter's heart and then trusting God to bring these organic conversations that happen in the car or like when real life happens on the playground or right. Uh, she starts liking the boy. You'll have these tools and these conversations. So my bottom line is I want moms to be able to show their daughters, not just tell their daughters, but show their daughters um, that they are trust, trusted and safe to, safe stores. So when you were talking about like, do you really believe like slow down and who you trust? We're teaching our daughters. Who do we trust? We trust God. And that I can be a trusted source for you that I really do love you the most more than anybody else, other than your dad out there. And I want to help you. And if I don't have the answers, we'll figure it out together. And so these courses are eight lessons and you do them over a period of eight months. I'm a busy mom. You're a busy mom. I was not trying to overwhelm and and I'm lowering the bar, but I'm meeting the bar at what the research says and what kids actually need and what are we see as clinicians shift. So if you meet with your daughter once a month, they have short videos where I coach the mom and then you get a conversational guide. And then there's a little Devo um, or a little uh, journal in there for your daughter to be able to develop that conversation with God and building the trust. And so there's prompted questions there and it's developmentally appropriate for every stage of her growing years. So right now we have three out with helping moms raise confident daughters and one for third and fourth graders. And then there's um, our second and third grade, and then there's third through fifth, and then there's sixth through eighth. And then there'll be um, many more coming in the fall for different stages. But right now you can help her in being confident in who God says he is being confident in her changing body. So that third to fifth grade, helping her understand what's happening and even helping a lot of moms understand what's Mm -hmm. happening. Um, And then there's one for helping her um, be confident in her identity. Those teen, those preteen years, there's a lot of confusion around um, who we are and, and how do we trust God with what he says about us as females. And learning how to do friendships and and kind of a little bit of the starting the romance talks, um, those kinds of things. You can go to cpguides.org and you can get those courses right away. They're really amazing um, gift. They're not very much money and you get an incredible resource. And then for those that want to do it in a group, um, there's more information at cpguides.org. And if you want to learn about all the other resources I have, you can go to taramatson.com and you'll learn about the Courageous Girls and Living Wholehearted and where all the other pieces. Mm, man, so good. And that's Tara Matson, two R's, two T's. <laughs> um, I just am so grateful grateful for you. And I just, I mean, while you were saying that, I was like, okay, I'm getting this and I'm getting this for my best friend. And uh, because we were just this week talking about this, because, you know, she's uh, one of my best friends has 
Uh, she's got four kids. Three of them are girls and, um, and they are six, nine and 12. And, uh, you know, just especially with the 12 year old, like how I know the challenges of, of that kind of preteen, you know, and they're just, they're anxious and they're emotional and just all of the things. And, and she was like, we were just talking the other night and she was just like, I just, I just don't know. Am I doing this right? And I was like, you are doing this right. But we just constantly are questioning, are we doing it right? Um, and so, yeah, I want to go, I'm like, I want to go through this together because then I, so I think that I'm going to encourage it, especially if you're a mom of a young girl, like find, you know, find a friend who also has, uh, is a mom to a young girl and do it together and be uh, your accountability partners. Because then after those conversations, you can go to your friend and be like, okay, how did it go with your daughter? And like that, and just the more that we, you know, it's the whole, like it takes a village, like it's, we cannot do this alone. Um, it is, is so, so key. Okay, Tara, I have just loved this. And uh, for the listeners, I will also have all of um, Tara's links and, and resources in the um, show notes. So, you know, you won't miss out on any of that. But before we go, Tara, this is the part of the show where I get to just ask some fun, get to know you questions. So are you ready for the get to know you round? I'm ready. All right. Question number one is what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? I loved um, the Bill Cosby show, which now is like, <laughs> not, not my favorite, but oh, no. as a kid, I wanted yes. to be a doctor because yes. I could be a doctor to Laura and raise these great kids. But anyways, that was my, the Huxtables. Well, <laughs> funny enough. So when I was in labor with my daughter, you know, you have all these like grand plans of like what your labor is going to look like. And God's like, mom, that's funny. Exactly. Um, and I remember I was at, you know, I thought like I was going to have my birth playlist and I was going to like watch something on show or be in a tub or whatever. And I remember at one point, like I'd been laboring for just hours and hours and hours and my husband turned the TV on and the Cosby shows on. And so like he's laughing and I can't even pay attention to it. I'm just like, I, I have to zoom or I have to zone that out to this. Like I can't, I can't pay attention to it. And then at one point my husband's laughing and I look over him and I started to laugh. And then I just like got immediately <laughs> angry. I was like, laughing hurts. <laughs> like, turn the Cosby show off. And I just, <laughs> like, it, was like, it does hurt. I can't imagine. I just was like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's like Love my I know. most I know. recent that's memory. An integrity gap issue. If people don't own, you know, Bill Cosby came out later, which is just, <laughs> awful it wasn't yeah. who he said he was and so but the show itself I know I know I know it's really terrible oh so terrible um but yes that's my like most recent memory of the Cosby show is being in labor and being like please turn this off I cannot it's terrible um okay so if you woke up tomorrow and for no terrible reason but you just you had to pursue a totally different career what would mm. you do I would be, I would flip houses and do interior Ooh. design. I feel like I do that with people. Is that funny to say? But yeah. like, I see the potential in everyone and, you know, I might look a little messy right now, but I help people with kind of, again, restoring and renewing and rebuilding of what has been devastated. And so, but I, I have a hobby. I love interior design and, and um, yeah, I imagine Joanna Gaines and I being best friends. I love it. I love it. Okay. I thought this would be a fun kind of uh, unique question to ask you. And that's in this season of parenting with your daughters, what is uh, one of your favorite, just like mommy daughter activities to do with your girls? You know what? Recently I have been just laying on their beds and reading a book next to them. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds like, well, I won't assume what it sounds like. 
but I am, I'm a go-getter doer. And so being still is hard for me. Um, and so I've been intentionally trying to just sit and be. And so part of that is um, my oldest loves to read and I can't keep up with how much she loves to read. So I've been trying to, I read one book and she's already read through like 10, no joke by the time I'm done with my one book, but I'll lay next to her and she's a quality time girl. So it just fills her cup. And then my younger one doesn't like to read. And so, but she loves to be there. And so it's kind of this thing where we'll like kind of read and then we'll talk and then we kind of read and we talk. Um, So right now that's, that's something simple. Um, And in their teen years, I don't get to see them as much as I did when they were younger. And so it's that time feels really special. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, what is on your current most played playlist on, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora? What are you listening to? (laughs) I listen to Johnny Cash a lot. We love Johnny Cash in our house. Yes. That's our game music. So when we're playing games as a family, we've got Johnny Cash going. But I um, personally love Ellie Holcomb right now. Mm. And so she... She's on uh, re- repeat a lot. Yeah, my daughter loves Ellie Hochul. My my daughter's favorite song is Red Sea Road and like knows all the words to it. And I'll hear her in her room like singing Red Sea Road. So uh, love, love, love Ellie Hochul. I love it. I love her heart. Yes. And then the last question is the question I ask all my guests. And that is, Tara, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Hmm. Honestly, it, it feels so humbling and honoring to be able to use any sort of talent that God's given me hmm. um, and to do that with such intention to help people's lives. And so it just it's humbling. And and I hope it doesn't sound over spiritual, but I literally wake up. Jeff and I are always like, I cannot believe we get to do this, all the different ways um, that God has been creative and using what he instilled and gave us. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to to get to work, um, on purpose and to know he's using it. And I, and I know that whoever's out there, sometimes again, the moms you were talking about, um, the stay at home moms, like what a gift and a privilege that is to mm. be able to, to have that kind of time and quality. And those of us that are working outside the home and trying to run <laughs> life in the home, um, God uses it all. So I get to see his grace in lots of different ways. So mm. thank you for having me, Molly. This oh. has been such a conversation. This has been so good and such a gift and and such a great way for me to start my day, even though I know yours is like really just starting. So I'm I'm just so thankful for you and thankful for the work that you're doing. Thank you. I told you that conversation was so good. It was just one that I know I personally needed. So please let me know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. Let me know on social media. I am at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week for my conversation with Cody Foster. He is the founder of Advisors Excel and this was such a cool opportunity to be able to sit down with Cody. You are going to love it. So do not miss it. Now, if you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for so many incredible conversations with incredible people who are changing the world. And if you're one of my regulars, thank you for tuning in and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, click that subscribe or follow button to help make sure that you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.